0: Welcome to episode 20 of an axe-throwing podcast. I'm your host, Bill Feinberg. Today, my guest is Kyle Durant. Kyle, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks, man. Really excited to be here. Cool. It's, uh, it's my pleasure. Today's uh, the 26th of September. Uh, hopefully, I'll get this out in not too long, but uh, sometimes it's taking me a couple weeks. Hopefully, I'll keep it down today. <laughs> Best case is tomorrow. Uh, but for those that don't know Kyle, uh, he is the owner of Cascadia Axe Company. That's in Oregon, correct? Yep,
1: Southern Oregon.
0: Cool. Uh, Former tattoo artist. Uh, You can't see it on an audio stream, but his head is covered in tattoos. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, his uh, axe throwing nickname is Supreme Overlord, which uh, I'm excited to hear where that nickname comes from. So uh, (laughs) but before we get to the axe throwing stuff, uh, Kyle, uh, let's hear about your life uh, before axe throwing.
1: Before axe throwing. um... Like I said, I was a tattooer for probably seven years. Um, before that, doing welding, fabrication, hot rod restoration, body work, to carpentry, all all kinds of stuff. Um, that was what I was always doing for work. And then um, hobbies, were like skating and snowboarding. Um, and then I did mounted archery kind of as a, you know, a competitive thing before ax throwing.
0: What's the, uh, how big is the competitive scene for, for, uh, mountain archery?
1: It's, it's pretty huge actually. And it's, uh, it's worldwide. Yeah.
0: Like, is it, that sounds like an expensive hobby, right? Cause like when you it's, it's like, <laughs> cause like, I feel like archery by itself is expensive and, uh, just horses, I guess. Well, I guess were you riding horses or it wasn't like elephants or something, right?
1: <laughs> i wish elephants <Elton, laughs> man uh that would have been a lot cooler uh yeah so we my wife and i bird had uh two horses of our own that we kept and then you know you need bows and arrows and saddles and um all that stuff so yeah it's it's not a cheap thing but neither has axe throwing been. so
0: yeah that's uh <laughs> i definitely <laughs> underestimated how expensive axe throwing would become Um. Cool. Uh, that's I, 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 I don't know if I've ever even ridden a horse. Like, like, also, like, do, do do, do you have to go like a minimum speed? Like, can you do like mounted archery? Like, do you like? Does the horse have to be running, or can you just be walking?
1: <clears throat> the faster you go, the more points you get.
0: So they have like speedometers, so, they have like a radar gun out there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a it's like a ninety meter course um, for for one of the disciplines. <laughs> and there's just like the radar timer so when you cross the line it starts and then when you exit the course it stops and then they can kind of calculate your um time but we were doing 90 meters in like nine seconds 10 10 seconds something like
0: that that sounds pretty fast how did like how often did you practice that that like that sounds like uh like like i'll just go i'll go throw some axes in the backyard like oh i got 10 minutes to kill i don't Mounted archery doesn't sound like a I got 10 minutes to kill kind of practice. Uh,
1: No, there's a little bit more to it, but uh, we were lucky enough to live quite close to uh, the range. And the stables where we boarded our horses were kind of a nice little trail ride over to that. So um, you got to be there every day to clean up after them and feed and do all that stuff anyway. So, you know, we would... Uh ride over and get a little practice a couple times a week usually.
0: Cool. Three Did, times. Does like does, does the horse like the sport or is the horse like just kinda like, all right, this <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh I mean you train him for it and um it, my horse at least loves it. He loves to he loves to go fast as he possibly can. He's an abbre- an aggressive beast. So yeah, he was into it.
0: Okay cool now uh, so, so you said you were a tattoo artist for seven years yeah okay what's uh what's like some of the actually uh, um i think somebody else asked about this i uh, were doing the i started the new thing where i'm like try, trying to take some questions from uh from the community and i think somebody had asked about tattoos uh let me see if i can pull it up real quick should have written it down all in one place but um uh, Oh, uh, was, uh, uh John Deppy asked, uh, how many hours do you think you've spent getting tattooed? So I guess this would be on the receiving end, not on the giving end of tattoos.
1: Getting tattooed. <clears throat> uh, man, at this point, <laughs> I mean, it's gotta be in the hundred hours.
0: That's a rank. long time. <laughs> and I'm not even close. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot, lot to go. Uh, so uh, so John asked uh, if there are any tattoos uh, that you especially like or regret.
1: Uh, I regret a lot of the tattoos <laughs> that I did on myself early on when I was learning. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I did them on myself and not somebody else. Uh, but I got a lot of cover-up tattoos in all the places I can reach on my body because I, uh, yeah, I blew it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but i mean the ones that i like i, mean, I kind of at this point i kind of like all of them that i have but i really love this head tattoo one of my really probably my best friend um i went to art school with him and tattoo school with him as well um and we kind of came up together Uh, learning that craft. So he's still he's still keeping on. And he did this headpiece for me. It's Nick LeBron at Sabrosa tattoo in Grants Pass organ. Uh and I really love this head head headpiece. It's like a wolf skull and it's got the the axe, which obviously I'm really into into axes and then the blacksmith hammer. Uh also really into the blacksmithing. And um it ties. It's it's going to tie into the theme of the bodysuit that I have uh, that I'm going that I'm working on.
0: Nice. Um, yeah yeah I was, I was telling you this like right before we started recording but uh i just got my first tattoos at the age of 35 on labor day weekend it was uh and uh i went i uh, just got like a an infinity symbol and an hourglass because i like like contrast or whatever um it's like mm-hmm. baby's first tattoos but uh i went on the bottom of the wrist uh and somebody's like oh yeah you picked a," well <laughs> like that like I mean, it didn't feel good, you know, but I was like, yeah, it's like, no. you know, it didn't, it, it didn't. I think it actually hurt a little bit less than I expected. But I think I was like prepared for like, you know, I was trying to prepare for the worst. What's uh, what's the most painful tattoo you've gotten?
1: Uh, They all hurt like hell. <laughs> there isn't uh, <laughs> there, you know, they all hurt. It doesn't really matter where where it's at. Everyone's different um so same spot in one person might be just perfectly fine and on you it hurts like the worst thing you've ever felt um so it's it's a little subjective but um it only hurts while you're getting it so yeah you just got to kind of surrender to the pain and then you're done and you have it forever and it's over yeah
0: I, uh, I, I feel like i noticed that like the one on my right wrist i'm right handed i feel like that one hurts slightly more mm, maybe it's, i just got more more sensitivity <laughs> there i don't know um but who knows um cool uh all right so that's so that's like life before ax throwing now do you have a what do you do you have much of a life outside of ax throwing or is ax throwing pretty much consumed your entire life at this point <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man <clears throat> um ax throwing has completely consumed my life at this point um which you know it's it's not terrible. Uh, I, I co the venue with my wife, bird. Um, and so we still get to spend a lot of time together. So it doesn't, you know, the working and being a part of the thing all the time doesn't, um, keep us apart a lot, at least. So I'm grateful for that. And, um, we just kind of team it up.
0: Cool. Now, um, I guess, uh, when did, when did you get started ax throwing? And then, like, how quickly or, like, how long did you wait before you opened your venue? (laughs)
1: Uh, So, let's see. So, I started, I saw a tattooer friend of mine that was traveling go, you know, on Instagram, went to an axe throwing place. And I saw that target. And, like, I grew up in northern Washington on the mountains, you know, middle of nowhere. And so I've been like shooting archery and throwing knives and spears and like primitive weapons since I was a, you know, probably before I could ride a bike. Um, So I'm just super drawn to it. And I saw that WATL target and was just like, Oh yes. Hell yeah. And like that day I built one in the backyard next to the archery target. And then slowly over the next week, I found myself throwing axes more than I was throwing or more than i was shooting archery um i think what at that time i had like a norland voyager that i had that i'd found at a garage sale and put a little handle on and that's what I was. that's the first axe that i threw um <clears throat> and it kind of just escalated from there i was like man i really love this uh i was kind of moving out of the shop that i was tattooing in And so what I wanted to do was have this space where I had my private studio for tattooing. And then, you know, I'd always sit there and people would bring six people with them to get a tattoo. And then they get bored because it's the most boring thing in the world to go watch your friends get a tattoo. And so they'd get up and they'd go spend money somewhere else. And I'd always be sitting there like, how do I get those people's money too? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I saw it and just kind of was like, man, this is the thing Is like, so, Hey, let's, let's get a space big enough to where we can do the studio and we can just put a couple of these axe throwing targets in and get a nice little beer cooler going. And, you know, maybe people hang out and do that and they can check on their friend and it'll be, you know, be cool. Uh, the city kind of messed with me on the zoning for the tattoo space. So it, the tattoo space never happened. And, uh, by the time, I mean, I, I probably could have fought it a little bit, but the axe throwing just took off. I mean, we put three lanes in and it absolutely exploded. So, uh, i sorry, go ahead. Uh, so, so we just rolled with it. <laughs> I was like, hey, this is working. This, this is fun. Really love this. The, and we just went for it.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I, uh, I, I've heard that, like, you know, zoning for an axe throwing place can often be so, like you know, it can be a pain in the ass. Um, so I, I'm a little surprised that it's like, oh, the tattoo part—that was the like the zoning mm-hmm. headache. But the axe—they're like, oh, axe throwing, you're yeah. good.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's so we got a light industrial because I I have like heavy equipment for my workshop, uh, the forging equipment and all the woodworking equipment and stuff. So we needed the light industrial. So the axe throwing is fine in that space. The workshop is fine, but they're afraid we're going to be like tattooing people on a dirty workbench or something, you know, so it, it kinda turned into a into a little bit of a no go.
0: Okay. I guess I could see that. Know. I, I try to uh I'm also just imagining like uh it's like uh, t- tell me more about your workshop because like I like I like I'll go to like the hardware store like it's a toy store now, um, it, or or like uh, like I just built a deck and it's like almost like looking for reasons to buy tools that I'm going to use once because I'm like I'm not going to rent a tool it's just going to waste money I'll yeah, buy it it'll pay for itself in a day,
1: um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so so we have the venue that's like twenty seven hundred square feet and then directly behind is another industrial building it's like for you know parking lot in between and i've got a 2600 square foot uh, workshop back there that's all decked out and forging equipment woodworking equipment leather working um just about anything anything you can imagine
0: that's awesome man. is there um, is, are, are there any uh, are there any tools that you don't have that are like on the shopping list
1: yes uh, i'm <laughs> I'm looking at the next thing is a power hammer, big uh, 165 kilogram forging hammer. Uh, I'm past. I've graduated past the hardware store. There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing else I can buy in the hardware store anymore. I'm on to like <laughs> industrial size shit where you need a forklift and
0: a team of dudes to get it to get it moved. You're like browsing Ritchie Brothers auctions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. How uh, how did you like learn to use all that heavy equipment? Right, like it's like I took like metal shop and wood shop, but like I wasn't using the one hundred sixty five kilogram power hammer.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I just started kind of from from the basic stuff. You know, I was fortunate enough the the high school I went to in Cedro Woolley, Washington had a had a blacksmith class, um, and so. I I took blacksmithing classes the entire time I was there, um, and so you know I started out with just I built a forge, I got a small you know piece of railroad track. Once I had my own in space and like made some tongs, and it just kind of escalates from there until I reach the point where you know I, I want to get production axes going um, under the Cascadian name, um, and so that entails the heavy equipment. So. I reached out to some of the uh, blacksmiths I know from social media and they invited me to come to their shops. And so I got, I kind of did a little tour and went around and tried, uh, you know, several different variations of power hammers and presses and all that kind of stuff. And they kind of showed me the ropes on that stuff and showed me how to not turn my hand into pink mist and, you know, all that, (laughs) all that good stuff.
0: (laughs) how like that that sounds amazing like how often like do you, do you say to yourself like i'm at work right now you know you're like at like a blacksmithing class or you're like you know like oh i'm running a league or like cause it, it sounds like you have like basically like a big it, what you're describing to me sounds like a playground like obviously it, you know it's work like not everything you do is like stuff you might be choosing <laughs> to do you're like okay i have to do this stuff but uh it sounds like you've kind of like carved out like uh, like your own little utopia
1: absolutely <clears throat> absolutely yeah um i'm pretty stubborn and i you know i spent a lot of years working on other people's dreams i'm a really hard worker I've, my work ethic is you know incredible I, I just i really got fed up and was just not fulfilled achieving other people's dreams for them. and so, you know said so no this is what i want this is how i want it and i just go and yeah i got it i got it. Really good setup, man. I don't have a day where I wake up and I don't feel like it.
0: That's awesome. I, I am super jealous. Uh, I still uh, still have to put in 40 hours a week at a W-2 job. I have a good W-2 job, but uh, there's yeah. still definitely days where it's like, you know, oh, I definitely would rather spend eight hours, you know, writing like some, you know, performance measurement code instead of like yeah. throwing axes or <laughs> making axes to throw or. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, like I said it's, there is, you know, it's a ton of hard work. I mean, we do we do long days and it's almost like at this point, you know, as your business owner, you don't really track hours anymore. It's I mean, we're we're feeling good about a 12 hour day.
0: Yeah, my, my dad um, was a, a roofer growing up and it's like, oh, yeah, what <clears throat> do we when do we go home? Well, the roof's open right now. And so we can't go home <laughs> until the water doesn't get into the roof. <laughs> um, Yeah.
1: But yeah, I got it. I got it set up pretty good, man. I come in. I I practice when I want to practice. I I work. It's right there. I, you know, work work the venue when I need to. And which unfortunate, uh, bird is really at the helm when it comes to the venue and the staffing and the, you know, the ordering of the beer and all all that stuff. She does a lot of the the admin um running the venue and so i get that time to, to practice and work and um and do do a lot of the other stuff too so i, I couldn't do it without her for sure
0: that's awesome when um when it came time to like kind of open the venue because like you said you wanted to try and do like a hybrid like you know tattoo axe throwing space right that was the goal um yep. and just ran into zoning headaches so like how did like did you have to do a business like a business plan did you like take like business loans or do you have to do like self-funded
1: uh, a little, a little of all. Um, <clears throat> we had, we had a little savings. Uh, I kind of <laughs> patched up a, a relationship with my dad and he was, and he was like, you know, felt, I think a little bit bad that he never, you know, helped out with college or any of that kind of thing. And he's just like, you know, I want to help you out. What do you want to do? I want to, I want to set you up, you know, and, and, give you, give you a little bit of help and, and what, what you want to accomplish. And I was like, this is what I want to do. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he helped us out. Um, We got some loans and grants. Um, And between, between all of that, we, we kind of got enough together to, to get it, to get it going.
0: Did uh, did your dad get to like come see the space?
1: He has not been here yet. He's a um, he's a navigator and electrical engineer on um, Madsen shipping vessels. So he's he's the guy bringing the Christmas trees to Hawaii and the pineapples back. <laughs> 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 Does uh, uh Go ahead. Yeah. So he so he's out at sea for you know nine ten months at a time sometimes um he's 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 kind of like me he's screwed up and kind of screwed off most of his life and now he's got a real quick fast last minute put a retirement away so <laughs> he's
0: yeah <laughs> I, uh, I got a little bit of that i think i got like a 10-year delay on my uh i'm like actually like getting a career <laughs> but uh yeah um yeah. i used to work uh for a company that did like a container shipping. i went to school for like logistics and supply chain um but uh i didn't know that the containers fall off the boat sometimes
1: <laughs> yeah luckily he hasn't told me about any containers falling off but he sent me some video clips of some pretty rough pretty rough seas man and yeah that's it's pretty insane
0: cool now um so i guess when it comes to i guess like on the making side right like how did you like uh like how long does it take you to make an axe like the the, like a most simple axe like at this point like with how with as proficient as you are like if it was just like the most basic axe like
1: if i'm gonna take like a bottle axe out of the box and cut the handle on it and just put another hickory handle on it 30 minutes Oh wow. <laughs>
0: um,
1: and then it goes up to, you know, 30 hours from there.
0: Okay. So I think uh I think uh Cameron Joseph had asked what's the most try hard axe you've ever made? I, I actually don't <laughs> really know what try hard means in this context. I'm just trying to like <laughs> uh I know uh, uh Nick Guthrie was telling about like the most bougie axe he ever made. Like what's the most expensive axe I can make?
1: So I was gonna grab one so you could react to it, but um, <clears throat> probably the most try-hard one I've done was a it was a plum national that I profiled, I etched our Cascadia logo on one side and did like a lotus etched in the opposite side. And then um I did this uh, Edo period Japanese technique called Hakone Yosegi, uh, which is like a, just a mosaic pattern type of design. Um, but I forged the tools to to do. It's all hand done, um, all traditional Japanese uh, technique, and that was a incredibly long process. I think I've had. 150 hours just in the axe and then it sits in a case um that's like a shinto japanese tea set case you know they have that little rich ceremonial tea Uh like tea ceremony that they do so i made one of those boxes and instead of the tea set it has the axe and the sheath and a um thing a little thing of blade wax that nests on the inside of that did uh? Um, did you throw it? I threw that axe for a year. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I still have it. I was going to grab it down, but it's stuck. Yeah, no um, worries. Yeah, that thing. That thing will be uh, burned in my funeral pyre for sure. <laughs>
0: it's a fire, <laughs> flaming <me>. arrow on <laughs> into the water. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's the thing. Nice. That's uh. So I want like. I'm still throwing and I'm, I'm ashamed of this. I'm em, I'm embarrassed by this, but I'm still throwing a stock waddle ax just because I'm too indecisive. So somebody like, uh, like I bought, um, like I bought one of Jessica Renner's bear claws. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. but I haven't, I haven't put a handle on yet. And then some people are like, Oh, like, well, what kind of handle do you like? Like, do you like the round handle or do you like the square handle? Like what handle length do you like? I'm like, I should probably know the answers to all these questions, but I really don't. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> yeah. Um, so my address is no <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I imagine like that later this week That we're gonna be having that conversation
1: yeah, so i mean the the big the big thing is just get different handles in in your hands, you know, like you know everyone's got a little bit different shape and size, and you know like Dustin Wellman's gonna have a different. Feel in your hand than one of them's axes, than you know, one of Josh Eggert's. Like, and, you know, everyone's got a little subtle variation, and you know, that's uh, that's the beautiful part of this thing going to tournaments and stuff. But fondle people's axes, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need, I need to do, <laughs> I need to fondle more handles at uh. <laughs> around people. Um, I, I've, I've got a couple, like I got, I think I, like I got, I got a, I got a goose, like a 81 axes, like uh, a couple of years ago, like before I moved to Oklahoma and before I was throwing waddle, uh, I got like mm-hmm. a Axe customs out of Austin. Um, but it's like, Oh, like it, Uh, and this is probably just my add but like if you ask me to fill out a form with too many options i will get like overloaded i I just had this happen this week where i like tried to order a new like internet service provider and i'm like i thought they were supposed to show up today and i get the email like oh you have uh you never completed your checkout i was like oh i forgot to push the button because i got distracted by something stupid yeah um
1: so something something i'll do sometimes is I mean, I try to keep, it's easy to get really lost in the weeds with all the details and the weight and the, I, I like to keep it to what's the overall weight that you like. And then I, you know, I'd like to get a gauge of, <laughs> this is going to sound, this is going to sound a little weird. <laughs> I like to get, get a
0: gauge on the size of your hands, right? For, you, uh, you know that Burger uh, King commercial? I got, I got these <laughs> tiny hands. <laughs> I do yeah. actually have yeah, tiny yeah. hands. Like I was playing guitar for like 10 years and I was working with a, a, a luthier and he's like, he's got like an extra like finger knuckle compared to his like, Oh, maybe this is why I could never finish the master of Puppets solo.
1: Yeah, man. So like it's same, similar with a guitar. Like you would, you would need one, a guitar that has a little bit slimmer neck on it and you would, you would reach that and it would, it would be comfortable for you. So it's same, same similar thing. I would, I would probably do something that's a little, a little skinnier so that it, felt comfortable and controllable um, in your hands. So, yeah, an overall weight, kind of what's the size of your hands, and then sometimes I'll actually want to – this is going to sound weird again, but I'll, like, search for (laughs) tournament videos and stuff of the people I'm making an axe for or have them send me video of them throwing. And by this point, I can, you know, look at where you stand on the line, what kind of follow-through you have. I can kind of gauge what length is probably going to work – best for you at this point, based on just kind of looking at your throw um, and like how the ax that you're throwing in that video is rotating for you and and all of that.
0: that's and awesome. we can get it close. That? <laughs> That's cool. Can, uh, can I like download your brain and write a program Because <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've wondered that. Like, all right, based upon like your arm length, you know, and like the like your handle length, like and your you know, like the speed at which you throw and the angle at which you release, like, truly mm-hmm. there's like yeah. a near optimal kind of thing. But I'm like, I'm not smart enough to figure that out. Yeah, and
1: I said sometimes, sometimes I uh, fuck it up, and I gotta <laughs> cut a hand. <laughs> sometimes you gotta cut a handle off and make it right you know, and I don't care. I don't, you know, the capitalism, the money, I want, I want people to throw my stuff. I want them to love it. Um, and I want, I want, that's my goal is to make that act that's optimal for a person. You know, it takes that question out of your mind when you have the act that's right for you and it feels good. You're not thinking about it. So.
0: Sounds like I need to uh, make a trip out to Oregon or uh, start sending you some videos. Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, so I guess, so more onto like the onto the throwing side, uh like uh so where and when are you throwing right now? I guess like which formats, which disciplines?
1: Uh so I'm doing five leagues a week. Um so I did two hatchet leagues, uh Thursday and Sunday, uh big axe, duels and knives.
0: Okay. And uh um, and uh, I guess who who's uh, who's your go to duels partner? Uh
1: when here here in the in the venue it's my wife Bird. Cool. We're team burgers and dogs. I like it. <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah. And then uh some several tournaments too we'll do. Um other than that, um usually I throw with Ben
0: for duels. Okay, yeah, I think I saw um, you all thrown at uh Throw Ohio, Which that actually throw that is where I met you uh very yeah. early in the morning on saturday i'm not a morning person <laughs> Me and, either. and so it's like all right bill and kyle you're up on lane seven or whatever and i feel like i'm just like uh and i think it was like two times yeah. to like even like introduce myself and then i think it was like during a science and i was like hey man would you want to be on the podcast like i'd love to <laughs> like
1: yeah <laughs> I, was, I thought you'd never ask <laughs> that, that was cool um, yeah I was pretty sleepy that morning too man uh no it was a great time for Ohio was awesome this year
0: cool now uh which um which uh I guess which gear are you throwing for the different disciplines like what are you throwing for hatchet big axe knives duels uh
1: so let's see for big axe I'm throwing a uh, axe that I forged and it's 3.05 3.05 pounds total weight, 23 and a quarter inch, four and five eighths, uh, blade. Um, and yeah, it's been pretty sweet. I'm enjoying it. Um, and then hatchet is also, um, an ax that I forged myself. And, uh, this one is on a goose handle actually, which is, you know, I like to throw, I like to throw my friends. Um, handles sometimes too, so uh, I have a a big pile of goose handles laying around there. So I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one of these on here. So um, that's the hatchet I'm throwing right now, and then my duals axe is actually a a butcher that I modified to have that kind of uh, king of diamonds kind of thin on the back of it before <laughs> before any of the King of Diamonds or any of those other ones were a thing. They might have stolen my idea. I stole it from Nick Guthrie and Ryan Chilson anyway, so.
0: That's it. <laughs> yeah, it I suppose it only takes one time of hitting the back of the duals axe. You're like, I'm, this should be an angle, not flat.
1: <laughs> it's saved. It'll, you know, ideally you're in sync and you're hitting at the same time and it's never going to be an issue if you're really kind of like throwing duels properly anyways. But those time, those moments where you make that mistake and it glances off the back of that and sticks, you're like, okay, Oh my gosh, I'm really glad I have that. (laughs) I can see that. Um, So yeah, that's my duals axe. And then for knives, I'm throwing a set of black Hawks that I've modified and length and profile and everything
0: else. Cool. I, I still haven't thrown knives. Like, uh, so I throw a, uh, twisted axes in more Oklahoma. So like uh, just outside of Oklahoma city, uh, I don't think they have knives. I also, I, uh, I only get to do one league a night right now, or like one or one league per week, uh, right now. Uh, mm-hmm. it's like, I basically have to choose between, I can either keep playing D and D with the D and D group I've been playing with for years, mm-hmm or I could like pick up an extra league and it's like, Oh my God, I got to find a that's way to tough. get out of this stupid job. That's interfering with all my hobbies.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a tough place, man. Knives are a lot of fun, man. We, um, <clears throat> we were pretty early to sign on. Um, we held off because I was just not into the stingers at all. And also was pretty loyal to Jason Kearney and the whole Toro scene. So we were definitely, uh, three, the bowl enthusiasts. And so when that happened, we were a little bit kind of happy about that and dove in. So, and I'm, I'm glad we did cause it's been, it's been a lot of fun, man. And I'm actually uh, maybe enjoying knives, a small percentage more than axes at the moment
0: okay can you uh, can you like articulate why that is uh, the variation man
1: <clears throat> it's like the the throwing multiple uh multiple things at once and kind of stack in on the bowls, and then the change of distance and rotation just makes i don't know it just adds a little more flavor to each match that you play, and it feels it feels a little less robotic than just step up and, okay, I'm going to throw eight bullseyes and then I want two kill shots. Here we go. And just do things exactly, you know, it just feels, yeah, it just feels a little more exciting and, and it's harder.
0: I can see that. That's, um, yeah,
1: you know, the scoring is lower. So there's more like chances for competitive matches to kind of play out. And it's not quite so, you know, if you throw a five, you're out.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, did, uh, did you ever throw IETF?
1: I, so my IETF experience is uh, practice. I set up a IETF target in my workshop, not the venue, <laughs> in my workshop. Uh, separate business. <laughs> separate address. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I've practiced in there, and then I went to Choptober last year um fun story on that one too i went to choptober i bought uh um, Ian malpass's ticket because he couldn't make it and they put my first name and his last or his nickname on the registration so i was sitting there while they were calling kyle nark <laughs> for his match and i was like kyle nark uh, that's not me but I have really bad anxiety right now because I feel like that's me and I'm missing a match, but I had no idea cause I hadn't really met Ian yet. And I had no idea what his nickname was for IETF. And so both of those matches forfeited. Oh no. While I was, while I was sitting there 10 feet away, like who is this asshole Kyle <laughs> Nark, Who's not showing up for his matches. Come on. What's wrong with you? Uh, that sucks. <laughs> Yeah, and so I got to do the o and 2 tournament <laughs> because of that. Um, and I did, you know, I did okay-ish. Um, and then I did the skills stuff for that. So um, that's really chopped over. And then I went and I got to throw a Philly space um, with Vin and some of those guys. And that was pretty that was a pretty cool deal i was i was fanboying a little bit to like be in that space and like oh i'm here i'm in this place this is awesome
0: yeah i, I still actually haven't been like i haven't been to like you know uh like urban philly i'm actually going to philly in a couple of days uh not for Ring, just to kind of visit some friends we're in a saboteur not sabotage. so we're going to surprise a friend who's going for a football game uh and so go see cool. some friends um but so I haven't got a chance to see the Philly space. Um, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned nickname. Uh, I forgot to ask you, uh, where does your Supreme overlord nickname come from?
1: (laughs) It's probably not what you think. Um, so I'm actually a big men's mental health advocate. Cool. Um, And I do a specific type of therapy called parts work or internal family structure. Um, And it basically breaks down, you know, like your anger is a part and your excitement is a part and anxiety is a part. And you kind of give all of these parts of yourself, their own kind of identity.
0: That sounds. Fam- and I think I read about that in uh, Body Keeps the Score. That sounds familiar.
1: Yeah, maybe it's it's something that's you know touches in a lot of different areas. Um, and and so in identifying those parts and kind of fleshing them out as a character, you kind of understand you know like your frustration or anger is going to have a totally different agenda or method than like an empathetic part or a compassionate part, right? And they're going to have be at odds with each other. So there's there's all of this. And then you're kind of what's supposed to be at the middle of all of that is your true self or your core self who has control over the balance and the, <clears throat> the organization of all of these different characters that make up you as a person. And so that supreme overlord that that's kind of like my <laughs> i'm the supreme overlord of all of these subordinate parts that make up who i am and i'm in control of all of these things so it seems especially with a guy with tattoos <laughs> and like <laughs> bangs on his face <laughs> it doesn't come off like something like that but it's it's kind of like a a little a nod to that like core self that's awesome. Do you have any like uh,
0: any like books or like resources or anything like? Because uh, I'm I'm curious to learn more about that. Or like, it was just like a chapter. If it's the same thing, I'm thinking of there's only a chapter in the body keeps the score. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, there I can't recall any of them off the top of my head. But if you look up um, internal family structure or or parts work, um, you you can find it pretty easily. It's it's out there. Okay. Um but yeah, like I said I'm a big uh, a big advocate for that. I I wouldn't be where I am with my um creative life with my relationship, you know, intimately and my friendships and business and I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't do therapy and take take mental health serious.
0: That's awesome. My, my wife's a therapist. She's uh so she's like went to school for social work and now runs her own private practice. And she like does EMDR cool. and that kind of stuff. So uh, I know, know yeah, I yeah, yeah. ab- know a little bit about that stuff. I uh, freaked, uh, freaked the doctor out one time at a physical cause I speak enough mental health language to, <laughs> to sound like I've been in some institutions. <laughs> where, like you know, Actually, uh, I, I don't know if I got, uh, if you got to see this at, um, Ohio, but like on my left hand, uh, I have a scar running right down my lifeline. So I really want to go to like a, like a Palm Raider and they're like, you're, you're dead. You died months ago. Um, but, uh, I, yeah. I was twirling an ax, uh, and I bobbled it and I caught it and I got seven inches or seven stitches for it. Fortunately, no tendons. It was just, but what? So, um, and, uh, coincidentally, like I had scheduled a physical like the week before, or, or like I scheduled a physical. And then a week later I had qualifiers for last year. And I was like, like taking the ax out of the board and I just twirled it like right as it's kind of like walking back to the lane, bobbled it, caught it. And so I went to the emergency room, seven stitches. And then I show up for my physical a week later. Right. And the doctor sees me walking in with this like wrapped hand. And he's assuming that I'm there for the wrapped hand. I'm like, no, I'm just here for mm-hmm. the physical. He's like, we should probably look at the hand while we're here. And like, <laughs> it was a new doctor. I'd recently moved as like establishing, you know, like the intake or whatever. And you know, mm-hmm. I was asking questions like, Oh, like, you know, um, and it's like, oh, like, you know, uh, did you did you do this on purpose? Were you trying to hurt yourself? No. Right. Uh, but it was like, uh, it's like, well, have you ever thought about hurting yourself? Well, and then and that's where I had to like bust out my wife's mental health language. I'm like, all right, if you're asking if I've ever had suicidal ideations, the answer is yes. But I have no intent and I have no plan. So it's fine. And then he's like, you seem to know too much about this. Like, I don't think you're on the flow chart. <laughs> yeah so that's uh, funny. yeah so plus plus <clears> one <throat> mental health uh b- big fan actually i do a uh, neurofeedback that's uh that's kind of like a thing cool. that i've been doing in oklahoma city sorry i went off yeah. uh, i think i've went down multiple <clears throat> tangents at this point
1: yeah no that happens man uh yeah i don't know i, I think a lot of people you know think it's uncool uh, yeah, or like they don't or they don't uh uh sorry bird just popped in i didn't warn her yeah, no worries um you know, I think it's uncool or, or it's like not manly or it's, it's an indication of weakness to to worry about stuff like that. Like, and I was like that. Um, I, I thought it was, uh, I was fine and I didn't need help and I didn't, I was going to deal with it on my own and, and, uh, that wasn't the case. Um, and I, what changed my perspective was, uh, I kind of looked at it like, you know, I, you wouldn't go to the gym to physically work on your body and be like, oh, I'm weak. I'm less than because I need to go to a gym to work out. No, you go there to get stronger and better and healthier. And the exact same thing applies to mental health. It's just I call it kind of call it the brain gym. For sure. <clears throat> and, and especially what we do. You know, you, you need focus. You need to be controlling your anxiety. You need to be in in a mental space that you control and if you, you can't you know you can't do that you're not going to be as good as you could possibly be <clears throat> so yeah i i encourage anybody it's a, uh, it's cool it's the cool thing to do
0: yeah it's uh, i mean it's like i, just, I just <laughs> see it's like can oil change for your brain just go run some diagnostics <laughs> like uh, yeah um uh, what, one of the things um that you were talking about before we, when i asked about ITF and you were talking about knives um so you talked about how like knives like it mixes it up right like in it you know it just kind of like maybe yeah. breaks up like the monotony um the reason why i asked about the itf stuff is I, i've i thought that like the the big axe tiebreaker in itf was cool um for that reason, right? Because it's kind of like a, you know, it's like a, it's like a gear shift mid match. Now yeah. I barely benefited from it because it's always like, oh, big axe! <laughs> oh, I forgot how to throw a hatchet because I've been throwing. But it, it, I felt yeah. like that's that's what was like coming to my mind when you were talking about knives.
1: Yeah, and I agree. And I I, I really want to do more <clears throat> IATF. Uh, unfortunately, I think LA Axe is the closest IATF venue to me. Uh, I've I've even considered like going a town over and opening an IATF venue, just so that there was a venue within twenty or thirty minutes that I could go do a IATF stuff at, because I need more leagues to do during the week. You apparently. don't have enough. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I need to add. Then I need to add. You know it's several hours a week of iatf practice on top of yeah so
0: well and then you'll need to make iatf specific access to hit those premier clutches <laughs> yeah i'd be a i'm a toe-in kind of guy well uh i mean uh psycon Cy- one and i think he was uh and 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 but oh, uh i mean tish tish goes like he's been <laughs> winning waddle not hitting flat yeah so yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. I ran into that. I was like, Oh, I'm sticking, sticking toe. All right. Oh, throwing a model. got to learn to stick flat. I'm dropping too much, but
1: yeah. I mean, that's kind of a bad business model for me, encouraging people to only throw, you know what? No, don't toe in. You need two <laughs> axes.
0: <laughs> it's like paint yourself into a corner. Um, do, do you have like a kind of like a practice routine or like a system or any kind of habits as far as like your practice goes?
1: absolutely absolutely um so practice is hugely important i I was a state zero handicap golfer in high school as well another weird thing for a tattooed all the way up guy
0: did you have tattoos in high school
1: no but i dressed (laughs) like i was like you know in my slacks and polo but with like with a studded belt and punk rock bracelets and shit yeah i was that kid (laughs) on the golf team Uh, oh yeah yeah,
0: what, what not not only but on was, the golf team. Like, like you were the state champ, you said, right? No, not oh, a state champ. Oh, oh, I, sorry, we, sorry.
1: When we went to state as a as a team, I, I did not win. Gotcha. I was a yeah, but I was you know I was a good golfer, uh, but I spent summers at golf camps like Nike Golf Camp and Bob Hope Golf Camp and shit. So I learned how to practice, um, and a lot of that carries over into into throwing. Um, <clears throat> And like you said earlier, with my utopia here, you know, I try to, I try to gauge, you know, what what's the tournament experience and what's tournament play like because that's what I'm practicing for. So I try to get here as early as I can, so I'm tired and you know, haven't made it through my morning routine and throw a mat, you know, do five practice throws and then do a two out of three, um, two out of three match and, uh, I have a randomizer you know, it's kind of like a, a D four or whatever, but you could put the numbers that you want on it. And so it'll be like a 64, 63, 62, 61, 60. And I hit that. And that's what my opponent's going to throw for that match. And then I'll throw my match, do the two out of three. And then I go to work and I, you know, do whatever it is that I need to do until I'm, I'm cold or whatever. And, you know, and, you know, probably once an hour I come back in and I do the same thing again. So throughout my entire, if I'm here for eight hours, I do that once an hour or so throughout the day. Um, So that's how I practice kind of get the tournament play practice. And then if I'm making a change to my throw, um, I'll come in and like beat the boards up and do 500 a thousand throws trying to repeat that same thing drill the muscle memory get it kind of dialed in um, and that might be something that i just do like two hours straight for that day or three hours straight for that day and that's all the practice i'll do um
0: now, do and then you, the third um, for oh, yeah, for that good. for that kind of system or routine do you do that for like every discipline or do you kind of like rotate disciplines on days or just kind of depends on how you feel uh
1: i usually kind of focus on practicing what i feel like i'm worst at at the moment okay so so if i had big axe league the night before and i was struggling or didn't have my best the next day i'm like i'm gonna I'm coming in and I'm going to drill big acts and figure out what was going on and why I was uncomfortable and, and make a change if I need to, or whatever. And same with any of the other stuff. So um, huh? that's, yeah. yeah. Um, and then third type of practice is similar to, I think what PsyCon Said he would do was just practice and doing sort of the flying V, but I'll just go two bowls and then both kills to kind of simulate that, you know, throw eight or, you know, throw seven, throw eight, nine and ten. And just that end of the match going for, you know, your 64 or whatever, um, just to kind of get that process of going bowl, bowl, right, left, kill. and,
0: Okay. And, uh, yeah that makes sense Spe um on the topic of like uh 64 do you remember like some of your kind of like first like milestones like your first 64 your first big x 32 those kind like those kind of milestones
1: <laughs> so i am still officially after both the 32 and the 64 i throw them every day this is like <laughs> for probably <laughs> yeah yeah get me started i'm gonna tip, i'm gonna flip my desk over right now <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> uh, <laughs> no it's fine uh you know i'll, I'll probably usually get one a day while i'm while i'm practicing something about you know it's just the way it is i practice three points on average higher than i throw in league or or a tournament it just i accept it just the kind of the way it is it'll, it'll happen when it happens but Um, The closest I've come was actually at Keystone and I throw one, hit a six foot fault by like a quarter inch. Like my toe just just (laughs) twisted my foot a little bit and they called the foot fault on me. And then I threw clean through. (laughs) So, (laughs) So the only one I've ever like practically hit, was okay. during a tournament, but it was a foot fault on throw one, so it doesn't count. So wham. I
0: I actually just like I, I, I feel weird. Like I'm not like uh, is evidence by anybody that wonders why I don't post more about the podcast, like, you gotta make, like, a social media, you gotta make a Facebook page, (laughs) make a website for them. I'm like, that's a whole bunch of work, and I gotta be careful not to burn myself out. But, uh, I actually hit my first 64 in league last night, uh, and, like, like, I got a picture of, like, I haven't, like, posted it yet, but, like, I, I, like, Che- like I, I think i startled like i, I hopefully i didn't distract people in lay next to me cuz i like i did like a, the loudest homer woohoo i could do uh but nice. it, was like, it was it was cool to get that like monkey off my back um mm-hmm. did you um i guess uh the, i still don't know all like how like the different paths to watc like i know there's a bunch of different ones uh and i'm just like all right well i i like i like i'm going <clears> to <throat> do qualifiers to to try uh, and yeah, but like, like, like you said, you're like, oh, I typically like, um, like I think up until really like the past month, I was like, oh yeah, my, my practice was much better than my in-competition throwing, right? Like I never thrown a 64 in practice, like my, right. but like during qualifiers, I ended up throwing like a 63 on my last one. And so, um, right. well you, uh, I guess I know it's like not a, I know it hasn't been officially released yet, but yeah, like, will you be going to, or do you do you anticipate going to WATC as a competitor?
1: <clears throat> yeah, uh, I think I got bumped in qualifiers, but uh, I the projected regional bids. I think I'm sitting like third place for Pacific. I think uh, Neil and uh, Buddha are the two above me right now, so it, it's looking good for Hatchet to get the regional bid for. And I think. Probably big Axe as well. Oh yeah. So so I should do that, and then I'm sitting actually for knives in fourth place for qualifiers for knives. Nice. Um, yeah, and I think and I think me and Vin have enough circuit points where we should sneak in um, <clears throat> for duels too. So hopefully I'll be doing all four disciplines.
0: Nice. Yeah. I uh I, uh, I threw like a 282 in qualifiers, which was like. Like I think nice. last year I threw at two thirty something. So I was like, uh, but so like, I think the projected has me getting it on qualifiers, which is like, I, I, I did not like, I went into qualifiers, not expecting it. I'm like, All right, I'm just going through the motions. Like let's, I practiced before, but uh, so it's like, yeah. and then uh, Ben Gaddy's like, that should get you in. I was like, Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So nice I, job, man. So I, will, uh, I yeah, will, I saw
1: that. I saw that looking at the leaderboards and I was going to give you some crap. Cause you're one of the people that bumped me. Cause I was sitting at like, <laughs> <laughs> i was sitting at like 19th or something like that when i did i'm like all right that's all right it wasn't my best but you know we'll, we'll see how it goes and then you know as as it gets closer to the deadline all these scumbags start hitting it at the last minute but yeah i didn't i definitely didn't do my best but hey so it goes
0: yeah yeah have uh do you ever have you ever had like um like just days where you're like you're just like inexplicably on, and but like, like because it sounds like you'll like kind of like reflect and like try and like deconstruct like like what like how you got to that point, and I feel like any time I've tried, I'm like I I don't know why I was throwing so well on that day, but I can't ever like I can't replicate it, you know? Like you're just in the zone.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> no, I'm I'm very true to my average. Like it's it's really rare that I perform a, above my average at all for any reason. I I have bad days <laughs> and I, and I definitely notice the bad days and like understand why that happens. But I'm, yeah, I don't really get like streaky hot. If I'm, you know, I throw at a 55 average or a 54 average, like I'm going to be within 61, 62 to 55 or whatever. Like that's it. Like I don't jump around the whole lot. It's all, it's real, it's real consistent, which is good and bad, I guess.
0: Would you rather have uh, you know, a higher floor or, or like, a, you know, like a, like a tighter band or a wider band, you know? Uh, yeah.
1: And so I'm always like, it's weird too. Cause I'm always kind of like, you know, I want to, I want that, what you're talking about. I, I'm aware of the fact that I want to feel what it's like to just like, Oh, I am on fire. I can't miss today. I am not making any mistakes. Everything hits. I want to have that day. I want to feel that, <clears throat> but I just, I haven't really had it yet.
0: So do you, uh, so like, your goal? do you, um, like, do you still get like nervous? Like, uh, you know, especially like, like, cause I know, like, I, I was nervous last night, like uh, like going into throw eight. I'm like, I just threw eight. I'd never thrown eight bulls in Waddle before, like in a row. Uh, and like, oh, yeah, like, <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, well, and that's <laughs> like I had to, like, tell my brain to shut up. And like, and I've been getting a little better at it. Um but, like, it was – it's. It, I almost just had to, like, tell my brain, like, oh, hey, hold that thought. Just, like, not right now. Here, I'll get to you in two throws. Um, and then, like, I hit nine, and then the brain's like, oh, what about now? Like, brain? <laughs> like, <laughs> like just, just hang on. Like, hold on. I just got to do this throw real quick. And uh, it also helped that, like, my partner – or not my – but the person I was playing against, um, he knew that – he's, like – he's he called kill on 10 before I did. And mm-hmm. it's like, hell, yeah, let's do this. And I hit and it was like – it was cool. Um, nice man. Yeah. I, uh, I. I. I as, as weird as it is, like I think that like interviewing people has helped. Like just hearing like more things to try. Um. Yeah. Hundred percent.
1: And that's the benefit of like going to tournaments, right? Like you get the benefit of you know somebody that might travel to tournaments and talk to Philibom or talk to Tish or Lucas or who all these guys they come to you and tell you there's their secrets. It's cool. Yeah. It's, it's that's awesome.
0: Well and it's cool to like see in tournaments like in person right like you know actually like watch people like oh they yeah. oh they reach really far through on their throw uh, or whatever mm-hmm. um yeah Cool. Uh, to, um, now, I oh, one thing I, I, I meant to ask you before uh, about um, when it comes to, like, transporting your axes for the different disciplines, like, do you, I guess, like, do you just keep your axes, like, in the workshop and just kind of go across the hall and grab them? Or do you have, like, like what kind like, how do you transport your axes, like, both for just, like, local travel and, like, you know, plane travel?
1: Uh, I've got one of these Pelican Air cases. What is it, like, the... 1713 or something i don't know it's big pelican case um and i keep everything in that and it kind of sits here in my office um and then uh so i travel with that and then when it's not when my axes aren't in there i have a big like magnetic strip running across the wall here and i stick you know if i'm with what i'm using just kind of like hangs on the wall here so i can just come in and grab them off the wall usually
0: your agnet your your axes are on the wall with magnets yeah that sounds amazing <laughs> I, uh, one time my, well, is, uh, now wife, uh, the time girlfriend, she went out of town and she came back and I turned our guest I'm like, cause the guest room was, I called it my workshop. I had like a 3d printer at the time. And like, I had a whiteboard on the wall. She came back and I like Mm -hmm. had put pegboard on the wall, but like, not like nice, like Ikea pegboard. It was like cheap home Depot pegboard. And she's like, you can't turn the guest room into a garage. (laughs) (laughs) Like but it's it's my workshop. But why? Yeah. Uh as like mag you know, I live in uh, like like kitchens how they're like, Oh yeah, the knives are just on a magnet on the wall.
1: Yeah, yeah, similar thing.
0: Um cool. Uh so I think I think we've kinda gone through all like the stuff that I kinda had on like my tent of a Um the uh we got a bunch of questions from the community they want to get to. Um I guess before we get to that, was there anything that uh that like you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to yet?
1: Um. no I don't think so I'm having a great time man
0: okay. alright cool Uh, so forgive me while I read uh, from my computer while I just kind of go through these questions some of them we might have already got to uh, but here we go uh, let's see here so, uh, so Sasha Edwards asked uh, if you ever go through creative slumps and if you do how you get re-inspired or does it even work that way or do you just wait for it to happen P.S. uh love you <laughs> I
1: love you too Sasha <laughs> uh,
0: so it's a combination of all of those things.
1: Um, I've been a creative person long enough to know, to just not fight it. <clears throat> um, and if I'm supposed to be doing one thing and it's just not coming to me, and I, or you know I, I have so much stuff going on and I could be making sheets. I could be woodworking, I could be forging an axe, I could be practicing, I could be working on a motor. there's like so much. The, like the opportunity that I'm excited about one of those things at all times. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. So if there's like an ax I'm supposed to be making, but I can't quite see it, I can't quite get, get the idea for it out, you know, it's not there yet. I'll go make a couple sheets. And while I'm doing that, most of the time I'll be working, doing this thing that I'm interested, I want to be doing. And that other thing will pop in. I'll be like, Oh, sweet. I got it. And then, you know, I can kind of move, move on from there.
0: Will you, uh, will you finish like the sheath that you are working on or get, or like get to a good stopping point or you're just like, no, I got, I got to act on this like inspiration right now. Uh,
1: no, I, if, once I see it and I kind of like, know what my direction is. Um, very visual. I can, I'll see the ax in my head and I, I can move it and see all the different, you know, the patterns and i and then i just go and then i make it so it's stay once it's there it's there and i can kind of you stay disciplined to a certain extent and finish what i'm working on and then i know okay now i'm ready for that that's next on my list and then i pick up my next work session
0: from there okay do you uh will you will you have dreams about like cause i like anything I've done for too long out like has like permeated into my dreams before, but like, I only know about like the one piece, but like, if, like, if you make everything, you're like, Oh, I make handles and I forge the heads and I make the sheaths. Like there like, that seems like a whole, like a whole bunch of other categories that like, (laughs) uh, so like, do you, like, do you dream about like throwing or forging or making or, (laughs) uh, no, I don't
1: really dream when I sleep. Uh, or I don't remember it anyways, but but as I'm kind of lying there ready to sleep, I'll be sort of meditative. I'll be visualizing what the, you know, tomorrow I need to get this done. And then I'm like constructing that image in my mind and, you know, just getting the whole idea visualized. And then that kind of, puts me to sleep i do kind of like nick does i have uh i do throw in my sleep though so. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that at a tournament i was like would be sitting there like we'd be watching a movie or something i fall asleep and then oh, and all the shit on the <laughs> night then nightstand goes flying and birds like what are you throwing axes in your sleep yeah like okay
0: i, I think so <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny all right cool um all right, so uh next question, uh is from Kara Fritz. Uh dear Kyle, why are you such a wonderful fucking human? Uh
1: because I have so many good examples in my life. Cool. It's a good
0: answer. My uh, my dad was like, I'm a role model of what not to do. I'm like, can you put me in touch with the role model of what to do? Because I need some of those.
1: <laughs> We're in a good community for that,
0: man. Oh, for sure. That's it. I mean, that's like that's one of the things I did not expect when I started X is like this community is amazing. And I it's funny, like mm-hmm. it's like from people outside of it, like I don't think they realize like uh how amazing it is. Um Agreed. Uh uh Cameron Joseph asked, uh, what's it like running a venue while traveling to compete? Difficult to balance it to. And what was your experience like running your own sanction tournament earlier this year?
1: Oh. So let's see. First part of that, um, the traveling and having the venue, kind of like I said earlier. uh, Absolute appreciation to Bird when I'm when I'm gone at tournaments. She's here and holding it down. She takes care of the like I said, the employees. The she does it all. Um, So that's kind of you know we work together on a lot of stuff. I had my own role to play with the venue, but it wouldn't function without her doing what she does at all. I wouldn't be able to do what I do. Um, and then let's see, what was the second part
0: of that question? Uh, the, what was it like running your own tournament earlier this year?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, we didn't know what we got her gotten ourselves into. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd been to a couple tournaments and you know had a decent enough idea, and knew that we wanted to do it um, but man, is it challenging and time consuming and it can cost costs a ton of money I mean it's just all around the the stuff that you know these venue owners do for the sport uh is unbelievable the passion that these people have to do this year in year out get you know bigger and bigger every year it's you know hats off to to all of these other venue owners cuz it's a it's a huge undertaking for sure so it's stressful but also <laughs> also rewarding man when you you know host something like that and it and it goes well and everyone has a great time. And, you know, there's always, there's always some, uh, some complaints or feedback, but you know, that's, that's fine too. Um, but man, it was, it was great. And we're, we're excited to do it again this year. Um, same date, it's end of January, January 28th. Uh, bird's going <laughs> to, bird's going to kick me in the nuts for not knowing the exact date. It's end of January <laughs> Um, <clears throat> we're gonna do it at the same time um cool. yes yeah, so we're we're excited to do it again it was a lot of it was a lot of fun and again like we made great friends and um yeah it was amazing
0: well uh i'll have to put that on the calendar because i say uh definitely i underestimated how cold it would get in oklahoma in like january or february i'm like oh it's you know it's basically like Texas it's like oh I get the extreme heat of that Texas gets but I get freezing pipes in my crawl space this sucks mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah but
1: it gets a little cold out here too but it wasn't too bad it was sunny at least we had a dry we're kind of high desert so it's it's cold but it's usually you know sunny and
0: dry okay yeah I'm, I'm from Cleveland so it's like first 24 years of my life like oh it snowed in January I'm not going to see a blue sky or green grass until March uh yeah. cool. uh I think uh John Depke are are he? um here I already asked the tattoo question, but he asked, uh where do you get your ideas or inspiration for the handles you build? Uh and then I guess the oh, the second question is unrelated to that is, uh maybe we'll do this one first 'cause it's probably uh maybe maybe shorter. Uh what's your favorite John Hodgman quote and why is it specificity is the soul of narrative? <laughs>
1: See, I would of course. Devke would have the most difficult question to answer. Um, <clears throat> I do love the Hodgman. And I don't know why that just, that quote just stuck with me after hearing it. And there's just something, I don't know, there's just something beautiful about, about that. <clears throat> and I and I suffer, you know, as a person, as a man, my communication skills, I'm super introverted. I mean, I'm like an artist, a maker, I'd hang out in my dungeon most of the time by myself. I struggle with communication and like expressing myself to people, to my friends and anybody and everybody. So there's something that I connect with really deeply on that. Like, you know, I need to remember that being specific and giving details and sharing is how you form connections and people learn shit about you. That's, that's why. That's my favorite John Hodgman quote, John Deppy. How about that for an answer? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so I think uh, the other part of his question was, uh, where do you get your ideas or inspiration for the handles that you build?
1: So there's a, there's a few ways that this goes. Um, <clears throat> either somebody will see something that I made and they really love it, and they'll say, you know, I like how you did this. I like how you used this wood, or you know, there'll be something about that that they want for their own piece, and then the the challenge becomes how do I make something that's the same but different, um, and then I can kind of work from that place. Um, second way is going to be somebody who has a real. Real specific idea, like Phil bomb set that I just did. He wanted dark saber act- themed axes, so n- now I need to take this, you know, object. How do I make this dark saber handle look like a, you know, uh, translate through an axe handle? And so then the, there's the challenge in that, um, and then the, I mean, kind of. One of the other ways would be just using what I got. You know, this this wood and these materials are incredibly expensive. Even more so now, people think gas and steel is expensive since COVID and all of this. The prices of exotic lumber has skyrocketed. So, if people want to know why makers are charging what they charge, go down to go down to a wood supplier and look at the prices of exotic hardwood if you can get it at all
0: actually on on the topic of that rick so i was talking to who was like kurt Ax customer because like he does a, like whatever kind of uh like custom woodworking or for like home studios i don't remember exactly what it was sorry kurt for not uh, having <laughs> not having a better memory um but like looking at the prices of axes and i'm like how many hours did you spend on this axe he's like oh I put four hours into this one i'm like and right. it's so like, and I'm like, you're, you're paying yourself minimum wage on like for your labor on this ax. Right. Like, right. Cause like, it, like for like the, the level of like craftsmanship and work and time, right. Like, you know, if, if we just use like a simple $100 an hour, right. It's probably like, mm-hmm. just, I don't know what your normal hourly rate for like a business, you know, like that you would charge, like you know, if a Walmart came in and asked you to do something. Um, but like, if you charge that for like, like put, use that, price for your time on an axe like i imagine every axe would be over a thousand dollars unless it's just like the 30 minute here's a hickory handle
1: yeah um generally even that i'm working at a deficit like i said i don't do this because i want to get rich i do this because i love doing it and this is what i do every day and i want to i'm going to challenge myself i'm going to keep doing the best i can do and you know the money doesn't matter it complicates it for me and i i I, i'd prefer to not have to deal you know to work that way but you know sadly sadly we have to and i have to at least get close but yeah i i lose i lose money on every axe that i do for sure
0: like when you actually like if you were to like account for like your like your normal hourly rate kind of thing like or even on materials as well I guess if you're hand forging, yeah. if you're forging the heads themselves, like I, I don't know what's. Doing.
1: And it's on it's on all of those things, you know. I I like I said, I've grown up in fabrication shops and um, was a contractor, finished carpentry, framing. Um, I've I've grown up, you know, in in the trades my whole life. I know how to calculate my labor. I know how to calculate my shop time. My fee, you know, I know what that number is and. Yeah, um, uh, I I would rather put axes in people's hands than um, grow my collection to a hundred axes instead of you know whatever. Yeah. The number, I'm not going to say because it's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I, I, I understand. At least, at least your collection is probably like special. I just have a collection of stock axes. Like, all right, maybe the competition thrower will will jive with me. Oh, not so much. <laughs> May, like I've I, I even thought like yeah. eh, maybe I should, instead of buying ten cheap stock different stock axes, I should have just bought one good one. But uh, it's uh that's a problem I will fix yeah. soon.
1: <laughs> I have, I don't have a, a Tesla. I have an axe collection.
0: <laughs> Back when, when I lived in Austin and I lived uh, near downtown, because I, I worked downtown, I didn't have a car, right? Uh, and so I walked to work, uh, but I didn't have a car. And since I didn't have a car, I bought a drone. And they're like, why do you have a drone and not a car? I'm like, because I don't have my priorities in order i'm a financially irresponsible idiot that's why like this like they like (laughs) they let me be an adult all right okay um Uh they're like why do you why do you know how to do this like why like i could change an alternator an old car but like i'm not allowed to use the oven (laughs) that's more than i just forget to turn the oven off but nonetheless (laughs) funny
1: all
0: right uh uh, Dolan asks, uh, ask Kyle how much fun we had at angrywood last year.
1: Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> the, Dolan, I love Dolan. First of all, Dolan, I love you. I miss you pay off your bills so you can come and be social again. Quit being such a, ugh. quit being responsible. Hey, I don't like responsible Dolan. It's annoying. Uh, Angrywood last year was a lot of fun. For first of all, it was my first tournament that I ever went to. Um, so Angrywood's going to be a special one for me, probably for the rest of my life. Um, so this one's going to be kind of mark uh, a year of me like really hitting this tournament circuit and going to the majority of tournaments out there. Um, so that's pretty special. That's a big uh, accomplishment. Um, that being said, yeah, last year was amazing. I think we were sitting there at finals, and it was two thirty in the morning, and everyone was delirious, and Jason Kearney was like near needing to be whisked away to the hospital again, and <laughs> um, and the the delirious hallucination jokes coming from Dolan who was announcing uh was <clears throat> I don't know if I can even repeat most of most of it it was there was it was sort of inappropriate for a finals it was amazing it was hilarious um yeah, damn I hope I hope we're gonna do it again he better be there
0: I uh I didn't so I I was there last year I think on Saturday but like Tulsa is only like an hour and a half from OKC. So I just like drove out that morning and drove back later mm-hmm. that night. But like I, I didn't stick around for fine. I think I like left at like nine or something. But uh, I remember watching, I think, uh, was it Dolan and Vale's match? Right. Uh, and I just remember watching it on the stream and then it's like you clacked a or cracked a class count. Cl- I cannot talk. This is probably at one point I just said uh, Vail is shirtless and I was like maybe some, maybe he's playing somebody else that was shirtless. And I'm like, this is for all of the shirts. But it's, uh <laughs> yeah. it'd be a lot funnier if I didn't butcher the setup. All right, but yeah, I Not I miss Dolan too. Dolan, I remember like I've been throwing I started throwing with Dolan in Austin. So it's uh like he in it's fact, so like a lot of the people that like shout out to Dolan for a lot of the people putting me in touch with a lot of people that uh kind of interviewed in like the first you know six months of the podcast. So uh Dolan, yeah, we tight. miss you. Come back. Um <laughs>
1: Yeah. Cool. Yeah, right. one of the one of the funniest human beings I've ever met, hands down.
0: Is uh, good people. All right. Uh, I I don't know if this is trolling or if this is inside jokes or both. Uh, but uh, David McI- uh, David McIntyre asks first question. What's it like to be a Kyle?
1: <laughs> first of all, I kicked my Monster Energy drink habit years ago. all right second of all i haven't done a backflip on a motorcycle since 1998 so that's how many were we on 24 years clean and clean and sober from dirt bike backflips last time i punched a hole through drywall was (laughs) 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 probably around the same time let's see i am a very <clears throat> i i'm kyle ascendant all right my, that's uh, how that's how it is to be a kyle remember i thought we were talking about therapy <laughs> all you other kyle's out there get give them a call
0: my my favorite comedian is <coughs> kyle canane and he's got a joke he's like there's no old kyle's nobody's going to grandpa <laughs> kyle's for christmas
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah well I'm, I'm hoping to be the first uh, yeah. So, uh, all right. Uh, second question from David McIntyre is: uh, Why is Gamora? I don't know what that means.
1: Why is Gamora? Gamora is the adopted daughter of Thanos.
0: Why is Gamora? That that's it. That's all the context that I have. It, uh... <clears throat> I, and you know like i don't i don't know if there is an answer again like so uh <laughs> i think that's the point i know we know <laughs> this, we know
1: <laughs> that this is going to become a meme <laughs> yeah. so i'm going to screenshot hold on, i'm going to screenshot this Skype right now and then send it to him, <laughs> him and then he can do his memes his meme thing with it <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. All right. Uh, so then I got a couple of questions left from uh, the community members. Um, Carol Graves asked, how much practice do you do to get good? I think you already kind of touched on that, like kind of touched on your practice routine. I guess if you had to put an, like an hour number on it, like uh, how many hours a week do you think you practice?
1: Ooh. Yeah, it's tough because I spread it out that way and throw a cold so much. Um, but... I mean, it probably turns into an hour a day, two hours a
0: day, uh, fourteen hours a week, something ish. Yeah, prob- probably. Okay. Um. Oh geez, I'm not gonna get this last name pronounced right. Uh, so, uh, so Victor uh, Aluwalia. I hope. Uh, I think that's close enough. Okay. So uh, sorry, <laughs> uh, Victor. Uh, how do you make league nights more fun? Um. <clears throat> we
1: again we have a wonderful woman named Bird um, who encourages the nicknames we call each other by the nicknames we support each other you know we, we're excited about everyone's victories you know any anyone who gets a PR whether that's a 37 they get shouted out right we all we all started there and we don't you know we don't just celebrate when somebody gets a 64 or a 63 or you know the 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 best people like we we celebrate when people do their best and they're proud of that um and i think that goes a long way you know to build this community and and we are we we Cascadia has an incredibly tight group of league members and and individuals here that, um, hang out. They, you know, they do stuff outside of ax throwing. They, um, it's, it's great. There's just a lot of friendships and, um, yeah, I think that's the big thing is just, just being excited about everyone's improvement, not just the better people.
0: For sure. One of the things that, uh, they started doing at twisted axes, which I think is really cool is they got these, um, Just like these like kind of score plates. Right. And so it's like, uh you know, I think it like made it's like 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, and then 61, 62, 63, 64. And then all the league members yeah. have this like a little like a magnet kind of th- like thing. And so then, oh, when you, oh, cool. when you hit a new, a new, like a new score, like you go, like I did it last night. I moved my name from like the 55, or no, I think I was on the 61, and I moved it up to the 64. Like they, I kind of did it like aggressively. Like, like the board was taunting me for a little while. It's like, I'm like, I'm like, hold on, I got to go do this. And so, um, but it's cool. It's absolutely like oh, like you moved up to the next plate.
1: That's really cool. That's a really great idea, and I'm probably going to steal that because I've been thinking. I've seen the boards and people writing their name, and I've seen a couple different ways of doing it, and I have not really settled on how I wanted to go about that yet. But the, the little, the little magnet thing where you personally get to come up there and move your thing, man, that's, <clears throat> that's a good feeling to move that magnet
0: i i completely cool. i completely agree well i we got another another question from sasha edwards i think we kind of answered it but uh uh how you got into axe throwing making axes owning a venue you know the basic history stuff um <laughs> i guess i yeah, guess I think we got a lot I, of that. I guess how how much time passed between like built my like instagram target to like i own a venue are we talking like like weeks months a year
1: I built a mobile trailer and we did an Oktoberfest five weeks outside of me building that first target in the backyard.
0: Okay. So you did not waste any time. None. <laughs> None. Did, uh, did, um, how, and mu- then, how much stuff did you have to buy and how much stuff did you just already have? Like, like, did you have a trailer around or no? Did you have to like go out and get a trailer?
1: Nope. Went and got a trailer and we just like, You know, we knew we wanted to have that and it was a great way to get that ball rolling while we were building the brick and mortar and waiting for permits and waiting for, um, I actually found like a, you know, 1940s something-ish pole barn that they were going to bulldoze and burn. And so I was kind of like waiting on permits and waiting for access to that property to go tear that down and bring it in for materials. Uh, so we had some time to kill, and yeah, so we we I built that trailer in the front driveway of my subdivision <laughs> out of the garage, and and we were rocking and rolling, and we went and we just went from there.
0: Nice. Then uh, I think the the last—it's not even a question. It's just a single word, uh, and I hope I get this last name right from uh, Jeb Bissett. Uh, I don't know who. the, Sorry, Jeb. Uh, it just says underhand. That's it. Just- Absolutely not, Jeb. <laughs> no, no way in hell.
1: <laughs> it's not happening. Stop
0: it. Is, uh, okay. is, is there a story there, or is that <laughs> uh, is that just between you and between you and Jeb? Yeah,
1: Jeb, <laughs> Jeb is like you know how you were talking about. Spending money irresponsibly? Yes. He's very financially responsible and like around, he's a very grown up person. But when it comes to throwing underhand at inappropriate times as a flex, <laughs> this man will do it and will encourage everyone else to do it too. This is like the Tyler Flynn's dice move here. It's, oh, we're in, you know, or oh, B finals, you want to throw underhand? No. <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> and so he's asked me enough times now that i think that it's it's just become a meme <clears throat> all of its own so
0: all right so uh so don't don't ask kyle to throw underhand so <laughs> <laughs> all right cool i think i think we got through all the all the community questions got through got through my kind of like just default agenda here um is there anybody that you want to like give plugs or shout outs or sponsors or anything like that um yeah i have some of those um
1: first first one is bird i mean i've tried to give her you know a bunch of credit but like the woman is amazing um and she's you know sacrifices and supports me and every crazy off the wall thing I'd want to do. She's there for me and, um, she's huge and, in, in putting together this, this life that I get to live. So I'm wildly grateful for her. Um, and then, um, uh, just, you know, all the, the tournament circuit friends, then, um, Lucas, Tyler, all those guys, man, they're great friends. And, um, I'm so grateful to have a, a really strong and and positive, uh, healthy group of friends. Um, really big part of, part of life for me. Uh, and then the, 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 the stuff, um, I guess I can go through that. I've got, uh, happy campers, RV, their stuff's on Amazon. They do like a composting, um, toilet treatment for your, uh, RVs. It's all organic stuff. It's good. It's awesome. Uh, I, I, I they've need that. Helped me I, out. <laughs> Check it out. It's really good. The guys, the guys right over here and they've given me so much. Um, yeah, I've made, made a lot of tournaments because of them. Um, and then second rug Metals and supply, uh, Old steel distributor in town here. Uh, next level clothing, uh obviously Cascadia Axe. Um Team Widowmakers. Um super honored to be a part of that group. Um and then what do we got else? Uh, Wellman Woodson axe and blade wax. I'm using that on all my stuff. Um and they just actually set me up so all my axes that I'm shipping out have a little um, a little kind of trial size enough to kind of recoat your axe and your blade uh, several times.
0: I think I got one um, of those at through Ohio. If it's the same one, they're kind yeah, of passed yeah, out. Yeah, the-
1: just like the ones that – yeah, they gave me – I got a whole bunch of those. So those are going out with all my axes now. Um, <clears throat> so that's really cool. So I, I appreciate those guys too. Um, yeah, so that's uh, – those are my sponsors. Thank you guys for helping me be awesome.
0: Cool. Well, uh, I guess, uh, (laughs) is is there anything else that I think, I think we got to everything. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um,
1: man, I don't know. I'm I'm sure there's, there's a lot more stuff we could talk about. Maybe we'll do a round two one day for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I hope to, well, uh, I gotta, I feel like I I gotta get through the queue. And even when I posted that, uh, I was like, I'm going to be interviewing (laughs) Kyle today. Other people like, Hey, sorry. I never followed up about, I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't follow up. Like, uh, like I want, I want to inter I want to interview everybody eventually, but I also don't want to burn myself out. Uh, and so it's like trying to find that right balance. So, uh, but uh yeah. we'll get it figured out um so cool uh i guess oh where um where will you be traveling next like what's next on like the where, where's people gonna see you next i know angrywood's coming up
1: yeah so i'm gonna be at angrywood uh and then mid-atlantic and then worlds
0: cool well i uh i will see you at angrywood for sure uh and i should I don't think I'll make uh, Mid Atlantic, but uh, and I should should be going to Worlds, uh, so I should probably awesome book man, com- well. should probably book accommodations for that before I forget. <laughs> yeah, good. <gotta do> <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right,
1: thanks, Kyle. My pleasure, it, man. It was, yeah, it was an honor to be here. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Cool. Adios.